it's going for what makes you happy. You know, end all be all. If we're all happier and healthier, the world will be a better place. Yes. And so I think that stems into how you're spending your time. Because if you're spending your time doing things that make you happy, well, then there's, you're going to be happier more time. And therefore, that's a set trickle-down effect. If everyone's doing that and, you know, has equal opportunity to do that, then um, it will be better. Are you, by any chance, trying to say that you think this business of yours is important? That's exactly the way I feel about it. Well, hello there. Thanks for tuning in to Small World, Big People. My name is Lexi, and I am your host. Today's guest is a dear friend, TJ Smith. TJ is an artist, designer, and nature lover. Born between the trees of Pennsylvania, he inherited a creative mind and was destined for a future of aesthetics. Over the years, I've been inspired by his ability to not only design art, but also his ability to design his life. As someone who has spent most of her life following the traditional path, I found it curious that someone could support themselves being a young artist, marching to the beat of their own drum, and actually making money. I always thought that path was only accessible for folks in retirement, but TJ makes it work. TJ is a hustler. If there's a gallery, TJ's art has been there. If there's a business event, TJ is there, fully engaged in conversation, picking up new clients. But that's not all. He just launched his new business, Stray Wild, an online business that connects his passion for art in nature. Stray Wild is an online store offering products and services that follow a buy one, give back profit model. Super cool. At the end of every month, he reviews the total sales and applies donations towards the planet or a community cause. Ah, I love it. Check out his website, Stray Wild. Another thing I love, his stickers. And you are going to love this conversation. TJ and I talk about his path to becoming a designer, making it as an artist, and how he applies design to create a life he enjoys living. What's up, TJ? Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Lexi. (laughs) I am super interested in telling our audience who you are and what you do. So, uh, in a nutshell, I'm a graphic designer, an artist, and a outdoorsman, and my name is TJ Smith. Right on. What initial experiences led you to becoming that artist, graphic designer, outdoorsman that you that you call yourself? Well, it kind of stemmed from uh, childhood and the school system, and following in with the um, the typical, uh, you know, a through Z of this is how you do public school. I was on the outlier of the system and enjoyed creativity and I've always enjoyed creativity. And it kind of um, put me into two different directions where one, I was feeling like I didn't fit into the norm of um, public schools. And so I was gravitating more to the creative realm of things, the drawing, the painting, the um Clay. I mean, there's anything that enabled me to kind of flex that creative component. And so in doing so, it led me to becoming a and following the, the, the job path of a designer and an artist. Um, and, uh, you know, I can contribute that to a professor that kind of saw that in me and, and showed me what graphic design was and kind of pushed me in that direction because otherwise I might have been lost. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I love it's always 
you know, it's always great to have professors like that. Let's talk about growing up. In past conversations, you mentioned that you never felt like the system was for you. Um, and it took kind of a brief toll on your, like, your self-image. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, it did. So, you know, like I said, growing up, I, I struggled with um, just fitting into the box of what public school systems told you to fit into. And because of that, I felt um, that I was unintelligent and unable to achieve anything in life because I wasn't following what they were trying to get me to follow. Um, and because of that, you know, I went through many years of um, not trying in certain fields. And, you know, I'm talking about your math, your English, your history, your sciences, you know, things that now I find very interesting and, and feed my brain with constantly. Um, but back then it was more of this is how you do it. If you're doing it differently, it's wrong. And because of that, I just didn't do it. I just felt like, why try in this? I am interested in the art and creative world. And I was lucky enough to have um, a, a school that had an art program, um, you know, all throughout elementary and middle and in high school. And because of that, I had the, the outlets to kind of keep me um, satisfied while I was in school for eight hours or whatever it is. Uh, so, you know, it's only been within the last, I don't know, 20 or, you know, 15 years or so that I felt like I am, you know, um, capable of doing a lot more than what the schools were telling me, you know, at a young age. Do you have like a specific example, um, of something that happened to you that like maybe an experiment, uh, experience that made you feel? Well, see, I can't remember this, but my mom has told me this. Uh, it was math class, I don't know, maybe seventh grade or something like that. And I wasn't able to do whatever the problems were because of how they were telling me I had to do them. And um, the teacher said, I better figure out how to flip burgers because that's all I was going to ever achieve. And like I said, it didn't, it resonated me with, with me then. It's not something I remember. It's something I must have told my mother because she tells me to this day that, you know, that happened. Um, but instances like that where you just felt as if you were unable to do anything with your life because you didn't fit into the box of typical education. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, um, I was a teacher and um, I heard, you know, faculty saying things like that to, to students. And I think people think that it's going to motivate someone, right? And it's mm -hmm. like the exact opposite. Like kids are, they're so easily um, impressioned. So that's unfortunate. But you did change your, your belief systems about yourself from there. Tell me a little bit about that transformation because you obviously are not flipping burgers. You're, mm -hmm. you, have, you work for yourself. Um, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it, the fact of being able to, to get into design and to understand that I could take something that I was passionate about with art, you know, at an early age and turn it into a job gave me that strength of, okay, well, I can do that. And because of wanting to be free in my job life, I've always chosen the path of um, become being a freelance designer. And I've worked with different um, studios and still do, but on paper, I've always been a, a 1099 contract worker. And because of that, I've been able to figure out how to manage my own business and accounting and um, scheduling. And on top of that, being the creative person, it's, it's, it's only me. And I collaborate with people, but at the end of the day, I still have to do all those things that 
you know, they're doing for their business. So I think doing that and doing it to a point where I'm successful, you know, it's what I do today and continually that it has shown me that those skills were always there. I was just not uh, interested in them in, in my normal or in my earlier years because uh, teachers were telling me that I couldn't do it. So it's just kind of this, again, you know, why do I fill my brain with something I don't feel like I need? Because um, you're telling me already that I'm not going to be good at it. Yeah, that's interesting. What was your first freelance gig? How did you land cool. that? Um, I, I think it was in college. I'd say the first paid freelance gig was college um, and working for a friend, like a brother's friend or a, a, a friend's brother. Um so it was, you know, someone that I knew and they needed help with their farm and I did uh, labels for them and things like that. And, you know, cut out images of fruit behind a white background kind of thing. And, uh, you know, that gave me the the first foot in the door of, OK, um, this is a paid job. I'm managing a client, quote unquote, kind of thing. Um, and then from there, it just grew to, you know, people that I don't know that I get referred, you know. What's, what's your favorite type of work to work on, graphic design-wise? It's ever-changing, but I would say uh, today it's, it's, it's figuring the marriage between um, the outdoors, because the outdoors have always been a huge component to me. I grew up in the back of the woods in Pennsylvania, and just playing outside was another creative outlet that I could do anytime I wanted and um, kind of fueled that. Uh, freedom aspect too of, of how I structured my life but so t- now it's it's working on um, really any kind of branding illustration website messaging that has to do with the outdoors or has to do with um, environmental type issues you know that again is encompassing that passion of of land and outdoors so it kind of uh, you know goes hand in hand absolutely I want to um, circle back just a little bit. Um, we were talking about how you've kind of made your life your way. So I was listening to the Frank Sinatra song, My Way, and it talks about how it talks about a man who lived his life his way. My way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and so I kind of feel like that's you, you know, like you have created a life that works for you and not in like a self-serving kind of way, but, but an artistic kind of way. Um, so can you tell me a little bit how you mesh art and life and design to kind of create TJ? Yeah. It, it, again, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because I think it's, it was something always there within me. I, I, uh, you know, growing up, I didn't play a lot of team sports and do a lot of, um, you know, orchestrated type uh you know, kids stuff because it was on someone else's schedule. It's not because I didn't want to do it or because I didn't enjoy it. It was just that if practice is at 10 and at 10 o'clock, I kind of want to ride my dirt bike, then I'd probably be doing that because that was something I had uh, management over. And so I think just by wanting to spend time doing things that I wanted to do and understanding that time is a finite thing and that, um, we have zero control over it. You know, the, you have X amount of hours in a day and days in a week and weeks in a year. And, you know, who knows how long you're going to live. So it was kind of that framework of, I don't have a number of that. And therefore I want to spend my time 
doing what I want to do as best as I can. Understanding that there's not everything you can do within it. But um, so when that stems into to work, it was kind of the same thing of if I'm going to spend half of my life basically working, then I, it better be something that I want to do. And truly what I want to do when I want to do it. I understand that I'm creative in the morning, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. in the morning. Well, who's going to work at a office at that time? You know, that if you're, it's a, you're an employee, but when you're not, you can wake up and do that. And then when noon hits, it's if I could do other things. Um, so it just kind of gave me that flexibility to structure my life in a way and use my time to way in a way that I felt was best, um, you know, for me and then working in with others when the collaboration happens. Absolutely. So there's been different versions of TJ and I've seen a couple different versions of TJ just over the last few years. Um, you have, you started out as a graphic designer. You've also added art. I mean, you were the artist in residence at the, at the library and now you're, you've worked on some murals. So tell me about, um, that, those iterations and, and how you continue to like evolve, um, evolve your, yourself and your work. Yeah. It's the Superman syndrome of and shiny, shiny object syndrome kind of, um, where a lot of things interest me, uh, and design is so broad, you know, it could be web design, graphic design, interior design, architectural design, a lot of that interests me. And so throughout the years, I've uh, seeked opportunity to kind of dip my toes in different things, thinking that I might want to be a photographer. I might want to be uh, more heavy into environmental or um, interior design or something like that. And kind of finding out that uh, once I've gotten those projects or done work within it, that it's not 100% of where I want to focus all my energy. So a lot of iterations being a lot of different projects being done uh, to kind of hone in on today's me being um, more art driven. And a lot of that stems from my childhood and then also from the fact of wanting to be away from a computer and not a stagnant kind of standing or sitting, typing, clicking uh, motion. I, I enjoy a lot of movement with work and murals have enabled me to kind of mesh that graphic design, art, and movement. It's a very zen uh, painting. And so that's kind of the art world of it all. And, uh, you know, it, it, it with kind of being a little more honed in on my graphic design. I love logos. I love branding. And kind of that component of it has, uh, again, closed the gap of, of what I like to do and want to do more of. When I think of an artist, uh, my brain automatically goes to that kind of old cliche saying, you know, starving artist. How do you, how do you make it work? Like, how do you support yourself? What's, how does it work for you? Yeah, it's, it's a terrible cliche, <laughs> and I, but I get it though, because I, I understand I was fortunate to have the graphic design background. I think that that really helped uh, with art because all of a sudden I understood um, how to market, how to create things, you know, um, create uh, pieces of messaging components or, you know, messaging uh, that directs towards the art. You know, if I'm having an art show, I can make the poster for it or the Instagram post or 
I can make a website that houses my artwork. You know, a lot of fine artists uh, don't have as many, you know, graphic design, technical um, knowledge. And so with me going to school for graphic design, living in that world, doing a lot of that, and then going to art, it kind of gave me that extra ammunition to, um, to get out there and, and, you know, know how to communicate what I did to an audience. You know, I can explain things uh, through the, the lens of creativity because that's practically what I do a lot of when I'm talking to clients. Absolutely. Something that's been interesting uh, watching you is you're really good at getting yourself out there. So you've been the artist in residence at the Mesa County Library. You've had a display at the um, art center here in Grand Junction. Um, how do you navigate that? Does that, does that help you get sell art? Um, give us some details on that. Yeah, I think really it comes down to I am who I am, which it could be labeled as a designer and an artist. I, you know, it, it really is who I am. I cannot shut that part off of me. I'm constantly creating or looking at things and wanting to solve a problem of a, a bad design or something like that. Um, and because of it, and it, it exudes from me. And so whenever I get into conversations with people, naturally they're going to ask, what do you do? You know? And so it kind of just comes into the conversation of, of what I do. And, and because I think they can see the energy and passion behind it. Um, if they're seeking someone for design work or an art gallery or something like that, uh, and I've already kind of shown to them that I'm really interested in that world. And, um, you know, I always give a business card or phone number or some way of getting a hold of me if I feel like they're, that's what they're interested in. Um, and that conversation we had uh, kind of leads into that. Do you, you said something about solving um, problems with art or problem solving. Um, how do you think design and art, like does the design of your life, design and art, designing problem solving how, how do those all collide? Do you think there's similarities between? Um... Yeah, I think overarching, it's, it's, a, it's mindfulness, right? It's using uh, thoughtful decision-making whenever you're choosing really anything in life. I mean, mindfulness is, is the, like I said, the overarching component to really any decision. If you're thinking about it before you say something, before you act around, before you choose a job or, a, uh, you know, a piece of work within it or how, what color you use, you know, you're, you're, in, you're thoughtfully choosing and making those decisions. Um, so I think that that just kind of stems into how you structure your life. You know, if you're, you know, again, looking at time and as a finite thing, you can ask yourself, what do I like spending my time doing? What's your top five things? And looking at that and saying, how does that relate to what I'm currently doing? And how do I get to a point where I'm spending most of my time doing what I what makes me happy? And of course, it's going to trickle into a job. So is there a way to do something that makes you happy in your job that um, you spend a lot of time doing? Do you, when you design something, what does that process look like? So say you have a, a client that wants you to design a logo for them. Walk me through that process. So I typically have a conversation with them. Uh, I like for them to just tell me as much as they possibly can about their passion, their, their vision, their, 
their idea of what they feel they need a logo for. Uh, and through that, I'm jotting down a lot of notes and um, a lot of times I'm jotting down uh, adjectives. If they use words like cool or um, something edgy or um, organic, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jotting those words down because those are words I can jump from and say, well, if I'm going to create a design from it, it's got to be organic feeling, um, earthy. Uh, so that probably means it's got to have uh, earth tones and the typeface is going to be in a way that speaks more nature than technology. So I really just allow them to explain what they want for me or what, what it is that they're uh, their businesses. And once I've got my list, then I um, kind of go back and um, talk more on numbers and things like that. And when it gets down to the bread and butter, it's uh, creating a mood board through pulling colors, pulling text, pulling textures, pulling imagery from things I've done in the past or someone else has done to kind of show them, is this a, a visual direction? Are you, are you look, do these things in front of you communicate you know, what you're trying to achieve with your business. And then from there, um, it's a kind of rough uh, compilement of a logo. And, you know, I'm sketching things out in my sketchbook, um, taking things onto the computer. I'm taking it to a point where there's going to be another presentation of a logo. It's still in its infancy, but refined enough to show. And then from there in feedback, there's another round. And it's kind of that back and forth. Um, to massage it down to what they want. And, you know, at the end, it's uh, the logo and colors and, you know, depends on what all they're asking for. But if that general process really can go and say to anything I do with design. Yeah, so let's toggle over to art. You just did an exhibit um, that featured the sun. What did that process look like? What inspired that? How did you come up with the final product? So... A lot of it is the, is similar to the same process where, you know, I'm my own client in that, right? It's, it's, the sun is, for me, stemming back to nature. I love nature and the sun has always been a part of it. And I think that, um, you know, I know I derive a lot of energy from the sun. That's kind of why I moved from the East Coast to the West because it's sunnier here and I love being underneath of it. So the art show is definitely a... a a uh, outlet to pay homage to something I love, both under the umbrella of um, nature and very specific, the sun. So the show uh, went through that same process of, okay, if I want to pay homage to the sun, I'm going to create these sun shrines. And within these shrines, I'm going to have different pieces of artwork saying different things about why I'm paying homage to the sun or how the sun provides for us. Um, and, you know, I mood boarded for myself, I sketched for myself, I pulled things that inspired me and kind of put them in front of me and said, okay, this is the tone, this is the feeling of what I want to uh, convey through this artwork. Um, I definitely like the idea of labeling my artwork as conceptual. You know, there's a reason and this is why um, I'm doing this. And that kind of stems from graphic design too. And, you know, there's a, certainly a thin line in my head of what is considered art and what is considered graphic design. Um, because you could say graphic design is definitely a message for meaning. I want you to look at this or, or um, uh, interact with this and have a certain reaction to it. Where art is, you can have your own thing. 
I kind of waver that middle ground where I'm, I'm intending you or intending for something particular, but you can still or still experience it and have your own um, thoughts. What do you do? You lean towards the other, or do you like the balance of being able to do both? I I would like to do more artwork, only because uh, again it takes me away from the computer a little bit more and just screen time and just that stagnance of of clicking and typing. Uh, if we could bring in the nature component and just say, yeah, I'm focusing on art and design all around the umbrella of nature. Which is kind of what you're doing with Stray Wild, right? Yeah, that's the hope. That's what I'm doing right now, and the hope is that that takes off to a point where that is the almost full-time. Tell me a little bit more about Stray, Stray Wild. What is it, and what is the vision for it? So it is the kind of combination of art, design, education, and community. And then, of course, the outdoors is the, the whole thing. So it's essentially creating... Um, well, it's a few different things. It's either creating something like a sticker or a poster or a T-shirt uh, that has some tie back into nature. You know, that's the that's the inspiration. And then the sell of it goes towards, um, you know, the artist, myself, or the collaboration component of if I do it with people. And then also to a cause. So you could say if it's a shirt dealing with water, it might go towards helping clean the Colorado River. Um or working with um, local, you know, outdoor nonprofits. You know, I might do something specific to them, and then it goes to their fund of whatever they do to help protect public land or something. And then there's the education component where, you know, for me, nature is my church, right? It's it's where I am able to relax and to recharge, to just ground myself, and I think that's important for everyone. Uh, we as humans came from the wild world and we build things that take us away from it. And so I think helping people connect to that is going to, is going to build a happier society. And if art can also help them connect to that, then it's kind of a, a win-win of, um, you know, using creativity or using nature all under the, the framework of trying to be a happier person. So what I'm trying to do with Stray Wild is what I know how to do now, which is creating graphics and creating artwork and things like that, and then also trickle it into um, talking to people about how they can connect better to nature, how you know we can go out and, and uh, help the river by you know creating some more artwork around it and then physically walking out there and, you know, Picking up trash. Picking up trash and doing, you know, yeah, the, the bare bones types of things. How do you, um, when, you, when you're out in nature, how do you connect and recharge? What's that practice look like for you? So either just hiking or walking. That's the easiest and probably the most um, refreshing because it's so simple. You're literally just walking on a trail or, or getting lost in the woods kind of thing. And it's a great recharge because... You know, typically speaking, I'm in an area where it's quiet and all I hear is the natural world. And um, I do like photography, so I will bring my camera out sometimes and I'll get lost in little trinkets and things that are, you know, formed through through the natural world. Uh, so that kind of is a Zen thing, too, because it, it also kind of fuels that creative component, but then gives me the, the outlet of outdoors. 
and then, you know, of course, the athleticism component. I love climbing, rafting, biking, and all those things are also done outdoors. But, you know, I'm focused on that and not thinking about nothing, you know. So there's kind of that twofold of what I like to do whenever I go outside. How do you balance that and work? I mean, you do a good job. You're, um, you're successful at it. And I think that that's really hard for some people to unplug and, and do that. Do you have any advice for people who want to do that? Yeah, it's, I can full come to, or succumb to not doing it sometimes too. It's, it's easy to get stuck in that rat race. And I think that ultimately there's a couple things you can do. You can either, um, you know, use technology and say there's an alarm that goes off every day at X time. And that is my time to stop what I'm doing no matter what and go outside for 10 minutes. Whether it's standing outside in the sun or walking around getting fresh air. I mean, that it could be that simple. I think that alone is a huge recharge that people could do, you know, in any scenario what their job is, uh, you know. And then on top of that, it's just desiring to go outdoors and making it more of a priority on your weekends or maybe it is that sunset trip up to, you know, the monument or something like that. You know, speaking of Grand Junction, um, to eat dinner or to just drive and, and look and just really, again, just be out and kind of absorb that natural world. Um, you just kind of have to make it a priority. You, just, you want it and understand that there's benefits to it. Absolutely. This is um, kind of divergent from what, where we are, but um, we had talked and you had said something that your dad had said to you. You know, he was kind of confused about your lifestyle <laughs> Because he came, you know, he was a generation that was like, you know, eight to five or more. Um, and can, can you kind of extrapolate on what he said to you and um, now how he feels about it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, my dad is very much, well, I should say I'm very like my dad uh, in the sense of we like creativity and working with our hands. And, you know, he got into more of a construction world because computers weren't a thing then. Um but so to him, whenever I started getting into graphic design and all that kind of stuff, there was a barrier of just not understanding the computer world. So then for not understanding how I'm making a living using this machine, you know, when he is very, um, it's very practical. I mean, he built things, he fixed things, he, you know, constructed uh, scaffolding. It was a very tactile thing. And of course, within that, there's the, the hour, you know, there's the eight to five, you know, kind of regiment, which again, wasn't a part of and didn't want to fall into because I'm, I'm not productive saying, or I'm not as productive through the times you're saying I, I should be. So I wanted control over that. And um, for a while, he was just, uh, again, just baffled of like, I don't know how you're, you're managing this, how you're doing this. It just seems so weird to me. You say you work Sometimes at seven in the morning, sometimes at nine at night. Um, I don't know. I still don't understand what you're doing with graphic design. Uh, after many conversations, we've, he, you know, he, he gets it. He, you know, I've shown him uh, and, and talked about how, you know, design is literally everywhere, you know, sitting out in the shop with him and pointing to different things and saying that hammer. I mean, somebody designed the length of that, you know, hammer, the handle, and then the size of the hammer, you know, the, the steel part on top of it and, you know, that beer we're drinking and somebody designed that label, you know, that's, that's, that's what I do. Uh -huh. I mean, and it's not everything. I'm not necessarily making hammers, but 
that is design, and that is what I'm basically applying my brain to. Do you think that he was not necessarily, um, I, I guess, questioning like your lifestyle, not necessarily your career choice? Like he was, how is my son making money? I, I you know, um, you don't you don't go to work from eight to five every day. You make your own schedule. Do you think that was something that was maybe a question on his mind or? I'm sure it was. Yeah. Uh, And I think it was because of just his generation. It was very cookie cutter in the sense of you worked and basically you probably had a family. And I think that that's great. And it really gave us what we have today, but um, it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I think in today's world, we, people are understanding that they don't have to fit into that mm-hmm. box and of course technology has helped with remote work and having a computer and literally being anywhere and doing whatever you want um, so long as your job is on a computer but even if it isn't I think that other jobs are are entertaining the idea of giving people more freedom so long as they're motivated to do the job knowing that they will probably do a better one and be more happy at their job if they know that they can you know go to the doctor's office during the middle of the day when they need to and they don't have to schedule it so much to do so you know it's 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 okay they're going to get their job their work done and this is just a workaround and so i think for him it's just the fact that that all he knew before that was the the american dream right Mm -hmm. the the you work your family all that kind of stuff um it's only within his retirement that he's kind of seen time more and we've been able to talk more on it and of course, seeing me, what I'm doing, you know, he, he gets it now. He's like, yeah, it's, I like the way you're living your life. You know, I wish I could have. And, um, you know, again, it's the, it's a different time. I wouldn't be here probably if he, if he didn't do the, you know, the box fitting type of uh, life. Absolutely. What advice would you give to someone who wants to make it as an artist or a solopreneur or kind of design their life to, to not fit the, the, fit the mold? I think it comes down to a couple things. You know, one, again, being mindful. And attached to that is understanding time. And so, you know, asking yourself, what are the things that I like to spend my time doing? And if you're looking for a formula, you know, maybe it is jotting the five to ten things. And that could be, I like being creative. I like hanging out with my friends and family. I love going to the outdoors. I love travel, you know. If those are the things, then you say, okay, well, what is my job right now? Um, does my job fit into those um, labels that I reflect on and say, that's what I want to spend my time doing? And if they do, then okay, figure out how to make it all work even better. If they don't, then ask yourself, how important is creativity or going outside or spending time with my family? And if it's super important to you, maybe that's, there's some radical change to happen. And uh, it's not going to be easy, but I think understanding what you truly want and again, being mindful about that and thinking and asking yourself, what makes me happy? What do I want to spend my time doing? And figuring it out through the multitude of resources on the website or on a website, you know, in a library, asking people how they're doing it, you know, compile your own path to it. But um it first kind of comes down to what it is, like figuring out what it is you want, how you want to spend your time. Absolutely. 
Is there anything, I mean, there's so much we could talk about. I, I, I just feel like you're a wealth of information in terms of just design and the way you have specifically designed your life. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask that, um, that you want to share with people? I'd say really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going for what makes you happy. You know, end all be all, if we're all happier and healthier, the world will be a better place. Yes. And so I think that stems into how you're spending your time. Because if you're spending your time doing things that make you happy, well, then there's, you're going to be happier more time. And therefore, that's just that trickle-down effect. If everyone's doing that and, you know, has equal opportunity to do that, then um, it will be better. Oh, that's awesome. I... Uh, I love that closing thought. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I appreciate your perspective, your hard work, and your creativity that you bring to the world. Well, thank you, Lexi. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for listening today. I am really enjoying going on these journeys with you and asking interesting questions. If there's something you want to learn about, let me know. Send me a message and I will do a little investigating for you. You can find me on Instagram at small world, big people. Talk soon.